Sports Talk here on the Mark Sports Talk with your host, Mark with a C. That's Mark with a letter C, and that's me right here. You're listening or viewing me. Uh, this is our 198th show in 198 consecutive weeks. And that's, and that's a fact. What do you say, Michael? Kanahara. He's in here at the first time. Yeah, we have a fabulous panel of the sports experts in many, many sports, and you'll hear from them real soon. So, how was our panel this week? Pretty good. Pretty good. How are you, Mark? Um, well, I'm doing okay today. Today, I see we have a new face amongst us. Um, I'm gonna have uh, him introduce himself for no more than 30 seconds. So, <laughs> Mr. Mystery Guest, you need an hour who you are, and what about yourself? Hi, I'm Steve Greenberg. Uh, I'm a product of uh, Laurelton, Queens, uh, living currently in Great Neck. Became a New York Yankee fan in 1960 by default because we're another of the major league teams <laughs> in the city. And... Uh, Whoops. Something happened to your voice. Yeah, I'm going to hit the I'm mute button. You went, you went mute. I don't know why you went mute. Okay. So I'm saying uh, I'm a, a big Yankee fan. You hear me now? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, started in 1960 when I was 12 years old. And I haven't stopped since. And uh, I have a direct connection to the Yankees because my daughter's best friend's husband is assistant general manager of the Yankees, Michael Fishman. So he's uh, in charge of analytics and he's Cashman's number two guy. So I have a rooting interest because if the Yankees do well, my daughter's family does well. <laughs> hey, well, well uh, welcome to our show. Welcome. 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 Thank you so much. Well, jump, jump in if you have something to say. Usually, usually the guys, they, they, they do a shake with a hand here, and I call on them like school because we don't want to step on each other. <laughs> and if you have a noisy wife in the back room, tell her to leave the room. You don't want to hear that. Every every sound gets picked up. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> this I, is recorded I, live. Michael? I, you know, I have a question. If you started following the Yankees in 1960, the World Series that year was pure torture. How do you handle it? That's my question. Um, it was the worst day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about that series a great number of times. Um, that was the best day of my life. But well, welcome to the show, and I hope you enjoy it. Uh, how did everyone like the Super Bowl, the big game? All right. Great game. Great game. Great game. Great game. Sorry, Howie. Sorry, Howie. Howie probably did a couple of things. How about the commercials? Yeah. Didn't pay attention yeah, to them. Close up. 
They weren't as good, in my opinion, as they were in past years. There were a few good ones. I uh, like the pickleball I, I, commercial. I, I thought the best commercial was <laughs> was with the, the gentleman who, who who wrote Martin Luther King's "I Have a Dream" speech. From the, <laughs> I thought that was the best commercial about fighting hate. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I like what the Dunkin' Donut one. With that was good too, and. Uh, there were a few good ones. Most of them. Eh. Like Christopher Walken was good. That was good. And, and what, ab- what about the halftime show? I want to hear your opinion because I had a uh, conversation today with somebody about the halftime show. Let me hear your opinion about the halftime show. Change the channel. Uh, Gerald? Couldn't stand it. My friends and I were talking about Jackie Wilson when we were watching the, the halftime show. And we said, we don't think any of these singers can hit the high note like Jackie Wilson did. <laughs> I put on some classic rock station on the internet. Well, I don't play now. I was to some nice 50s, 60s music. Yeah, that's what I did. Mark, I had my own so, so, um, all the faces here. Who, no yep. one's a big Usher fan. <laughs> but there are some people who are, are Usher fans. They're awesome. I'm, I, I like him. That was his last song. That was the best song of the whole I, thing. Of course, I let me just say something. Was. I think Sharon, I'm looking at my screen here. You are the youngest. At a, no matter what your age is, you are the youngest. So I found that more younger people liked and loved the show. They the only Alicia part of the Keys. show I liked was Ludacris. the end of the show. Huh? <laughs> when you he like sang it? the song Usher, Usher, that part, everybody loved that part. And when Alicia Keys showed up, too, it was really amazing to see. That's green. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe, critics, comment? Uh, they, they wasted an awful lot of talent. They brought people out for 10, 15, 20 seconds at a time that had no direction. It was It was pointless. Absolutely pointless. Okay, Larry. I'm sorry, Larry. The music critics loved it. What music critics? <laughs> the New York Times music critics and so. Did he really? Really? Yes, they That shows you how we're out of step. Michael Who is Wesley Morris. This is an example of the way the world is shifting. For example, all right, we all loved uh, Jackie Robinson. He was a great ball player. Uh, you know, his history is terrific. Why is Jackie Robinson's number retired throughout baseball and not Babe Ruth? I mean, we are losing our image. We're, we're losing our, our status. And every single Super Bowl has to be this way. I would like to see, say, maybe, uh, I, I don't know, uh, what's an example of uh, – Somebody, how about how Michael Bublé? I bet you Michael Bublé would never be asked to do next year's uh, show, or or maybe uh, uh, Foster. What's his name? Uh, how about Foster and his wife uh, Christy McVie, whatever her name yeah. is? Would you ever see that? Christy McVie. It's Mick Jagger, and he's still going strong at eighty. The Rolling Stones. They had the Stones one year. But I'm um, again. I was in a Bruce store Springsteen. today, and I knew the person behind the counter and she was a, yeah. a younger woman i guess she was in her 30s I mean, like always her. talk sports when i go there i see her once a week <laughs> so i said what do you think she said well she wanted the the, the 49ers um she, she she knows who's the 49ers uh fullback tight end Kruchik. um yeah, how do you say it? Right? J, right? Yeah, she yeah, knows right. the wife. The wife is a designer on Long yeah. Island. Yeah, and they're yeah. friends. They're friends. So that's her. That's her interest in the 49ers there. 
But she thought, listen, the game was a pick'em game at the end, basically, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I, I said I couldn't stand the, the game was fine. You know, I wanted the Chiefs to win. Uh, it was close. And there are a lot of people who don't know if you play those pools, you know, with the, the boxes. Yeah. There yeah. are a lot of people who, who, who put the money in. And usually the people who don't know what's going on win the, win the pool. You know that. Yeah. But they don't know the it's the final score. Not the fourth not quarter. Not the fourth quarter score. So right. one person had, was it 1919 at, at the? 9-9. Yeah. So nine, 9 and 9 if they go by the final period. But that's no way. Wiped out. It goes right. by the final score. And right. they were complaining. I didn't see the rules written. I had I had the nine and nine. Right. I'm supposed to win. People don't know. People don't know. And uh, so I, I asked her. Let me just close here. I I asked her. Um, she, she asked me the halftime show. I said it was terrible. And she's, what are you kidding me? It was so great. <laughs> you know, Usher. I'm an Usher fan and Alicia Keys fan and a Ludacris fan. I don't know who else came came out there, but they loved it. Um, so yeah. she says I'm an old fogey. That's the reason why I didn't like it. Maybe she's right. Maybe you're right. <laughs> I don't know his songs. Know his songs. Uh, Larry, they balanced it out by put Reba McIntyre to do the national anthem, and they had this for the young folks. That's what it came out. Right. Yeah. yeah, they cover all the bases. Yeah, Wayne, you want to comment? We'll move on. Mike, 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 I might have missed something. If I do, I apologize. Did you ask why Babe Ruth's number is not is not uh, is not not Recognizing Jackie Robbins's was he just brought yeah. that up in passing. He wasn't. We weren't talking about it. He just brought it up. Exactly. It wasn't a big deal. So well, um, I hope some was. of you did win a pool. Maybe you won some bucks here and there. Anybody win money? Even better. You want a few bucks, Danny? Gotta be in it. Yeah, yeah, I hit the first quarter. Oh, very good. Very good. My, my kids won. <laughs> And, I'm, and, and I missed. And I missed all the quarters of the final score by a field goal. <laughs> as far as, zero, as, zero. far as our us picking the scores, Fred had twenty four twenty one, which is one point in either direction, right from the final, yeah. and he had yeah. picked Kansas City. Uh, Sharon had twenty seven twenty three, which is a close. And you had Kansas City and Stewart. You had twenty-seven, twenty-four, which is close. But we weren't giving any money away. We were, right. just, we were just doing it for fun. Right. <laughs> All right. You muted. You muted Stewart. Stewart's Stuart. muted. No, no comment. I just, yeah, I just guessed. That's it. What <laughs> are people's thoughts about uh, when they got when he bumped the coach? was screaming in his face. Yeah, he said he was sorry. He wants to be in there all the time, you know what I mean? Not yeah. a question. I just wanted to can anybody hum any of the songs that were sung? Get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm serious. No, no, no. I'm serious. Let's move on. As far as our two hundred show, which I believe Sorry. I was two weeks away, correct? Right. But last yeah, week you struck me down there. On February 29th, uh, I will get in touch with you via email or text this week 
as to what I've selected, what you could participate in. I don't want to say it over the air because I want it to be a surprise for the people who listen to us on Spotify and Apple iTunes, which they do every single week. I don't want to tell them what's coming. I want it to be a surprise. And on that day, we'll, we'll spring them, but you'll have a week and a half to prepare if you want to prepare. If you don't want to participate, you don't have to. <laughs> I, 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 I think it's something to like. Mark, I have my cupcake. I hope it stays fresh. <laughs> yeah, you have to sit on it. <laughs> as far as the shirts go, the shirts came in. I'm slowly divvying them up, giving to the people who bought the shirts. And I thank you if you purchased a shirt. Okay, why don't we get to some sports? And we're going to start with uh, uh, Gerald's Sports Personality of the Week, uh, which he, I believe he has Bob Lemon. And you're mm. sponsored this week by Fire. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Gerald. Yeah, five. Minutes. I just need one second. One of the four. The clock is moving, oh, Gerald. Okay, <laughs> okay. I, just, I just put on my uh, stopwatch. Robert Granville Lemon, aka Bob Lemon, a remarkable transition. First, I'm going to go over some of his baseball accomplishments. He was he was on the uh, 1948 World Series champion Indians as a pitcher. And, of course, he was the manager of the Yankees in 1978. When they won the World Series, seven times All-Star, three times American League wins leader, American League strikeout leader, elected to the National Baseball Hall of Fame. And here's a remarkable stat. In a, in a period of nine years, in seven of those years, he won 20 or more, which is kind of remarkable. Bob Lemon uh, was a shortstop in high school and at the age of 17 he was signed by the Cleveland Indians played in the minor leagues they brought him up in 1941 he batted only five times had one hit 1942 he also batted five times had no hits then he enlisted in the Navy was in the Navy from 1943 to 1945 uh, and he pitched while he was in the Navy. In the minor leagues, he did not pitch at all. And, and that's germane to what I'm about to tell you. So when he came back in 1946, he was invited to spring training. And Lou Boudreau, the manager, decided that uh, his third base fielding skills had deteriorated. He tried him in the outfield. And the conclusion was he was not hitting consistently. And they benched him. And he was on the bench for, for, for a while during that season. And Lou Boudreau started to hear reports from uh, Johnny Pesky, Bertie Tebbets, and First Lieutenant Samuel... Theodore Samuel. Theodore Samuel Williams about... Lemon having a very good arm, and he pitched very well in the Navy. So Lou Berdrow also consulted with Bill Dickey, who recommended that he be switched from a position player to a pitcher. And it was decided to make that transition. Now, here's the most amazing thing. The transition from position player to pitcher was made in the major leagues. We all know, for example, 
Ankiel uh, was a major league pitcher. He went to the minor leagues. He came back as a position player. Uh, Dick Hall was an out major league outfielder. He went to the minor leagues, transitioned to a pitcher, and he came back to the major leagues as a pitcher. But Lemon did it while he was in the major leagues. I, I thought that was uh, that was kind of remarkable. Um, Now, Lou, Lou Boudreau, I think, made a, made a great decision. And while, while he was on the Cleveland Indians, there were some very, very good coaches, uh, including, uh, gee, what a memory. <laughs> Hold on for one second. Mel Harder was the pitching coach, and Bill McKechnie, who was actually a third baseman in the major leagues, he taught him the slider. And uh, Lemon thrived quite a bit, and he became part of that big four pitching staff. You, may, you guys may recall Mike Garcia, yeah. Beller, uh, Lemon, and... Um, early win. Early win. And Jermaine Turley win a very quick story about Early Win. Early Win was once asked, "Would you throw at your mother to win a game?" And he said, "It depends on how she'd be hitting." <laughs> um, so, in conclusion, I just wanted to say I think that is a remarkable transition to go from being a pitcher, from being a, a, a position player to a pitcher in the major leagues to do that transition, I think that was kind of remarkable. And that concludes my short and brief uh, biography of the great Bob Lemon. Okay, a couple of comments. I don't remember him as a player. Uh, again, I was before my time. You guys remember him as a as a, as a, as a uh, infielder, outfielder, whatever? No. No, no only as a pitcher. a pitcher. Yeah, yeah. All right, Mike. I remember Bob Lemon as a great pitcher. And uh, I recognize that he had a terrific career. It bothered me a lot when he became the manager of the Yankees. Of course, when they won the World Series in the 70s, uh, they had such a great team. It was wonderful. Uh, but 1981, it almost appeared that Steinbrenner was pulling the, the strings, the puppet strings of Lemon. And actually, Steinbrenner did a number of all the managers back in the day. And I felt that if Lemon was more forceful, he would have had a better choice of pitchers. And uh, that always bothered me about Bob Lemon. I always felt that he was a wishy-washy Yankee man. Okay. All right. Uh, Roger. Yeah, to, to that, Mike, of course, you know, they, after the firing of Billy Martin, I think they needed a more calming influence, and I think that's why they brought Lemon in at the time. Right. But, um, you know, right. yeah, right. I mean, it was, it was right. They had the players. I mean, they were underachieving, and Martin was completely out of control, so they had, they had to do something. So. Yeah, I'm referring to the '81 World Series in particular. That one really rankled me. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, that was kind of a you had a that was a strike season too, right? It was kind of a strange exactly. season. Fernando. Mm. Yeah. yeah, Wayne has a kind Romania, of that's a... <laughs> Jerry. If I'm not mistaken, uh, wasn't Bob Lemon, if you listen, uh, one of the better home run hitters as a pitcher? He yeah. was a good pitcher. Sure. I think, he yeah, I think either as a home run hitter or a grand slam from a pitcher. Something I like think, that. I think he was a fairly good hitter. I think it was like hitting pitcher, two thirties, something somewhat like Dick Hall. I think about a home. I, I think you look at the about, uh, the most home runs by a pitcher. He's on the list somewhere. 
Well, mm -hmm. I'm going to look that up right now. Don Newcomb had 11, but there was there was some who had more than that. Mm -hmm. wasn't, wasn't wasn't Tony Collinger of the Braves? Then he had two Grand Slam home runs. Yeah, one game. Yes, yeah, yeah. It always comes to mind when I hear pitchers of Grand Slams. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. One more comment, Milton. Just want to ask you: When Cleveland had those four great pitchers, does anyone remember who their relief pitchers were? Norleski, Norleski, and Don Mossy. Don Mossy, were they ever used? Yeah, they were terrific. They were terrific. I remember watching them. Yeah, good infield too. Bobby Avila, Avila, Avila. Yeah, yeah, and Red Barber called him Avila. Avila, really? Gerald, do you want to finish up? Bobby Avila had that great year where he batted three forty four. As I recall, as Mexican. far as Bob, as far as Bob Lemon goes, was that in '54 when they won the championship? Yes, when I think they it was American uh, League. Yeah, American League championship. They right? got he, swept. He, he, <laughs> he had, he had th 37 home runs, <laughs> lifetime Bob Lemon, and 147 RBIs. In one year, uh, he hit uh, five home runs in 1948, seven home runs in 1949. Six home runs in 1950. Oh, okay. okay. And five How, home runs in 1956. Howard, Howard wasn't Baumgartner one of the better hitting uh, pitchers? Howard? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Massive Baumgartner? Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yes. Terrific. Yeah. Even, I even sent him a chit, I think, in a few games. Yeah. Hell of yeah. a pitcher. Yeah. I'll yeah. never understand him losing all his pitching skills all of a sudden. Everything, <laughs> and nobody picked him up when he was, I think, free, right? Yeah, after the Arizona dropped him, I don't think nothing. he wanted to re retire, but nobody picked him up. Unfortunately, he got old suddenly. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you, Gerald, for Bob Lemon. Brings back memories of those Indian days, but you can't say Indians anymore, right? Guardians, the Cleveland team, that Cleveland team. All right, Milton, name that tune. All right. Today, we're going back. The song in 1961 was number three on Billboard's Top 100. Oh. Number three. Another name. I, think it's I don't know why I love you, oh, but I do. Is that expanding the sea? I only know I'm lonely. And that I love you only. I don't know why I love you. Well, who was that? That was by Usher, I believe, right? Usher. Yeah. <laughs> Frogman Henry. It was done by a lot of people. But it was number yeah. three, I forget the month, but uh, 1961 on the One. Billboard 100. And who sang it? Who's this? Who? Who? Clarence Frogman Henry. A frogman. Oh, yeah. Frogman Henry. So I'm we'll have another one to close the show, which I hope you'll enjoy. Okay. Thanks, Milt, on that one. Milton works real hard to find these these, these songs for us. You know yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> go He's got a million, a million records. records to pull from. But he, okay, that's the one. Yeah. Hope you're marking <laughs> off who you, which, which records you pick, because we don't want you to duplicate. <laughs> there are no reruns on on the mark. 
<laughs> All right. I have no beep beeps this week. Boy, you guys lucky on that. But <laughs> this week in sports, this day in sports, February 15th, here's what happened on this yeah. particular day in sports history. In 1916, the Yankees by Frank home run Baker from the A's. And they gave him $37,500. So it's a pretty steep amount in 1916, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Baker. What was his high total? 10? 11? 8, 10. 9. Uh, in 1930, yeah. a team called the Winona Mustangs beat the Toluca Wildcats in Illinois basketball tournament. And the final score was 26 to 22, and they played in 10 overtimes. What was the score after after regulation? (laughs) Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. But the final score was 26 22 in 10 overtimes. Hey, you don't know if a basket was one point or two points, Mark. I don't know. 19. <laughs> uh, in 1931, the New York Yankees spring training site uh, in St. Petersburg is renamed. Anyone know it was renamed in six in in uh, in sixty uh, thirty in thirty one. Miller Huggins Field. Miller Huggins Field. Right. Right. Yeah. Miller Huggins. Right. Uh, in 1932, American Brothers, Hubert and Curtis Stevens beat the um, uh, eight national field to win the two-man bobsled gold medal in 1932, United States gold medal, Winter Olympics at Lake Placid. I thought that was interesting. That's good. Yeah. In 1932, in that same Olympics, as a member of the gold medal winning U.S. four-man bobsled team in Lake Placid. Eddie Egan, who won the boxing gold medal at the 1920 Olympics, becomes the only Olympian to win gold in both the Summer and Winter Olympics in two different sports. I thought that was cool. Uh, In 1936, Sonia Henning of Norway becomes the most successful Olympic figure skater by winning a third consecutive gold medal at these uh, Garmisch Part the Kirk Kirchen games. Try to say that three times fast. Can't say it once. <laughs> uh, in 1963, we jump to 63. Tenley Albright becomes the first U.S. female figure skating champion. 63. In 68, the biathlon, the 4x7.5K relay, debuts at the Grenoble Olympics. You get the theme here. There are a lot of Olympics that went on. So Winter Olympics at this in this uh, uh, time frame uh, with Soviet Human Union winning the gold ahead of Norway and Sweden. What would you expect those two, you know? Uh, 1972, the newly formed NHL franchise, the New York Islanders, they hire Bill Torrey as their first GM. 1973, there's a school in Tennessee called Friendsville Academy. Never heard of it. On this day, they ended a 138-game losing streak. Basketball. Good for them. (laughs) Um, In 1976, at the Daytona 500, again, this is also around Daytona time, David Pearson makes contact with Richard Petty, 
just yards ahead of the finish line and goes into a wall and then the infield. Petty stalls while Pearson restarts and wins. Afterwards, they probably fought. <laughs> There's no question about that. In 1980, American skater Eric Hayden wins the 500 meter in the Olympic record at Lake Placid. And it's his first of five gold medals in that Olympics. And it's 1980, same day, NHL. Wayne Gretzky of the Oilers assists on seven goals in one game. The great gets Gretzky. Uh, in 81, the 23rd Daytona uh, 500, and Richard Petty wins it for the seventh time. Uh, in 82, Dan Issel of the Nuggets begins a streak of 63 consecutive free throws. I don't know what the record is now. What is it, about 90-something? Yeah, it's, it's Remember, Calvin Murphy had a long record. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what the record is anymore. Yeah. Uh, in 1986, 44,000 plus the largest crowd to date uh, to see a, uh, a basketball game, Philadelphia at Detroit. And here's a good one, 1987, golfer and 1982 Masters champ Craig Stadler is disqualified at the Andy Williams Open. Why? For kneeling on a towel to make a shot. <laughs> They're insane. They're insane with their rules. Uh, in 1990, major league owners lock out the players. 1991, Troy Steet sets an NCAA Division II record by 103 points in the second half <laughs> to route DeVry Institute. That, that's the isn't that the um yeah. <laughs> Commercial, what do they, what do they make? Yeah, yeah. Commercial? That technical uh, institute. Teach you how to become a, a secretary? I don't know. They won yeah. a 187 to 117. Uh, 1986, American boxer Tommy Morrison announces he's contacted HIV, but later he says it was false. <laughs> I don't know the real story. Does anyone know the real story? Um, in 1996, on this day, Bill Belichick is fired by the Cleveland Browns. Ends his career with them with 36 and 44. Uh, in 1999, Wayne Gretzky records five assists in a Ranger win over the Predators and takes a 1,000-point lead over Gordie Howell in the scoring list. 1,000-point lead. Uh, in 2000, Martin Brodeur becomes the first goalie in the NHL history to get credit for a game-winning goal as, uh, as Jersey beats the Flyers. In, 19, in 2018, uh, Nikola Djokic uh, records the fastest triple-double in NBA history in 14 minutes and 33 seconds. He ends with 30 points, 17 assists, and 15 rebounds. And that may be all I have for this day in sports. All right, Danny. Yeah, I just happened to read it today. I uh, forgot the year, but also the tragic anniversary of the Sabina Airline crash that killed the entire Olympic skating mm. team of the United States. Oh, that was on, uh, on this day? Yeah, I read it today in Newsday, wow, actually. Well, I read it in Newsday today. Um, and they were on their way to to Switzerland, of course, for the skating championship, not mm -hmm. for, 
uh, for the Olympic team, Olympics, but sixty one, sixty one or sixty two. Yeah, and 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 the great thing about it was that you know shortly thereafter, of course, Dorothy Amel won the gold medal uh, in the following Olympics. So the whole team was revamped. Right. But all members of the skating team tragically were killed in that. Yep. Uh, we remember that. Surprised yeah. you didn't have that. All right, Gerald, do you want to add something? Uh, going back to. Uh... The record for uh, consecutive free throws in the NBA, Mike Williams, 97. Okay. Thank you for that. Okay. Let's move on. Uh, Sports Stories by Larry. Um, He has a nice story. And you're sponsored by Window Pane. (laughs) Single one. My story story this week is entitled Great NHL Assist Players. Before 1945... NHL assists were awarded to only one player, the player who was last to assist the scorer, so-called primary assist. Mm. But after 1945, NHL assists were awarded to as many as two players who shoot, pass, or deflect a puck towards the scoring teammate. Here are three great NHL assist leaders in the modern era. The highest assist leader is number uh is who anybody know Gretzky? Yes. Mm-hmm. Number one, Wayne Gretzky, who played between 1979 and 1999, averaged about 98 cis per year. His oh, success was with Edmund Oilers, achieving four Stanley Cups. Wayne was inducted into the NHL Hall of Fame in 1999. <clears throat> number two. Ron Francis, who wow. played for four teams between 1981 and 2004, averaged about 54 assists per year. He achieved two Stanley Cups with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Ron was inducted into the Hall in 2007. And number three, Mark Messier, who played for several teams, mostly with the Edmund Oilers, and New York Rangers between 1979 and 2004 averaged about 48 assists per year. He achieved six Stanley Cup championships, five with with the Edmund Oilers. Mark was inducted into the Hall also in 2007. That completes my story for this week. Anybody want to uh, add on? I couldn't tell you who else is on that list. Who else was a great assist person? Anybody? Hey, question about assists, not not in hockey, but uh, how are how many assists are assigned in the NBA? I mean, who makes that judge court judgment call? I guess the refs. Do. It's all, the only one. Is it? Is the, the is an official one assist per per made only? But it has to be leading. In other words, if you if say I'm playing with you. Uh, I, I pass the ball to you, and you dribble, and you make a basket. That's not an assist. It has to be direct pass right. and a shot. And, and, and it's an official mm-hmm. score. Only, one, only, only one. one assist can be only one assist can be assigned for a basket. Right. And it's, right. and it's, and it's an official score each game. Yeah. Larry, Larry, there must be some Islander on the list somewhere. They won four straight championships. Yeah. yeah. Got to be someone on. I don't know who. Radier, maybe. 
Friday. Friday sounds Friday. like a good. Could be Friday. Could be Tonelli. Could be yeah. whoever's yeah. on the list has less than forty-eight assists per year. I, these are the top oh. three. I went through the entire list. Oh. So you know who four to ten is, but you don't have it with you. No, I don't have it. With you. Okay. All right. Thanks, Larry. Let's move on. The Roger Report. The Roger Football Report <clears throat> is going to be right now, and you're sponsored by Demons. <laughs> okay. I get, okay. <laughs> what you got, Roger? All right. Well, obviously, you know, Super Bowl was the uh, the key thing this past week, which leads up to one of the, st- the stories here. Actually, I, I, I don't know if you want to let me talk about it, Howie, what happened there about the uh-huh. defensive coordinator. Oh, I was going to mention. Did they let him go? Yeah, I, I was just surprised because I thought the first half yeah. he had like a great yeah. plan in place that the Chiefs weren't doing anything. But uh, somebody. Yeah, I, I guess I guess so. It's funny because Shanahan announced, I think, on Tuesday that the whole staff was going to return, and then uh, yeah. I, I guess not. So, well, something because well, something happened there. during the year. The, the defensive line in the middle would allow a lot of rushing yards, so it could be he just Shanahan just got fed up and wanted something better. Yeah, I guess he was. Yeah, it wasn't the same system. I mean, it wasn't the defense wasn't as dominant, I guess, as it was in past years. Right. You get those linemen and it was up to the uh, linebackers and then the secondary to really stop the yeah. offense. I mean, he did some, when we're talking about Steve Wilkes, I mean, he was only with them for one year. He took over from uh, D'Amico Ryans, you know, took over as the uh, Texans coach. So uh, Steve Wilkes took over. He was previously a head coach for the Cardinals in 2018. Right. And he was uh, in that interim head coach of Carolina in 2022 when he, he actually rallied pretty well the second half of the season. I think we were surprised. They didn't make him the the permanent coach. He maybe said something. Yeah. yeah. Can I can I read can I read a second from the AP story? It says here that uh, yeah. Shanahan called it a really tough decision, but it said, "quote I want to mm-hmm. find the coordinator who was a better fit, a better scheme fit for the talent on San Francisco's defense." Yeah. What a, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. He was given so. that. There's to say. Yeah. Someone wrote that. There was an incident in the game, right? I mean, if, has anybody ever seen the defensive coordinator call a particular? Defense and the head coach called timeout because he didn't like the defense. I've never seen that before. Yeah, I would. Yeah, that'd be unusual. Yeah, doing that maybe. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Yeah, right. Because he was a big defensive guy too. I think that was a significant uh, incident. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Go ahead, Roger. Okay, uh, Cowboys hired uh, defense coordinator Mike Zimmer, uh, sixty-seven years old, former Vikings coach, from twenty fourteen to twenty twenty one. It's his second stint with the Cowboys. Goes back to, you know, 94 when he was an assistant. He was a defensive back coach for a while before he became the defensive coordinator in 2000 to 2006. Um, NFL is going to host their first uh, game in Spain in 2025. We know already they're going to have one in Brazil in 20, I guess, this coming year. The Eagles are going to be in that Friday game. This will be played in that Santiago Bernabeu Stadium in Madrid, which is the home of Real Madrid. Um, well, and anything else I got is just a bunch of awards. Most of them are not a surprise. The, the Texans quarterback CJ Strad was the offensive rookie of the year. Browns defensive end Miles Garrett, defensive player of the year. Uh, Texans defensive end Will Anderson, defensive rookie of the year. Browns coach Kevin Stefanski, coach of the year. He also won the award in 2020, so it was a good year for the Brownies. Um, Belichick and Ron Rivera were the only other, um, um, Coaches to win it more than once, apparently. Um, and 49ers running back Christian McCaffrey was the offensive player of the year. 
Uh, and Jet fans will like this. Browns quarterback Joe Flacco, comeback player of the year. Yeah. You never know what you have in your hands. <laughs> he fit in well for them, I guess. And the Ravens quarterback uh-huh. Lamar Jackson was the MVP, previously won in 2019. And that's pretty much what I got for football, Mark. It was mostly now they announced they announced that before the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know why they make these announcements. We said this before. Why they make these announcements before the last game? They have that whole show, the NFL Honors. Oh, well, why Thursday. do it before the season? Let's do it after the season. I don't no, know why. Baseball, baseball gives their awards after the season. I, I think oh, they, oh. the one thing NFL does very classy is when they choose their Hall of Famers. They first go to the knock on their door, surprise them, and then they surprise the audience because no one knows who was picked when bringing them on stage. I think that's right, the and they want them to appear at the Super Bowl. I said, do that. Yeah. Okay. All right, uh, Fred? Yeah, there was one more award. Uh, Cameron, I think, Haywood of the Steelers won the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Yeah. Okay. All right, Roger, we'll come back to you for some, what do you have, some baseball stuff to play there? A little bit, not too much. Yeah, a couple right, of things. I'll come back to you later for that. Okay. Uh, Wayne wants to add. Yeah, Roger, either you or Howard, I want to talk a little about uh, the Shanahan's taking the ball uh, offensively in, in overtime. You want to talk yeah, about that, that now? I mean, either one of you, I don't know. It, yeah, no, it's a controversy start. anyway. Yeah, I mean, clearly they knew about it, whether he delegated to his coaches. I mean, it's, you know, I mean. No, no, I mean, no, I didn't mean that. I mean, the fact that. Yeah. There's a controversy. Maybe he he should have kicked the ball instead of taking well, it offensively. I right. think it was actually a good move. Yeah, yeah. No, no. What do you mean, last? I mean, right. You want the edge. I mean, yeah. Supposedly they didn't understand the rule exactly. It was a little different than it is in a regular season. But yeah. um... the captain goes out. He's told by the coach. If yeah. it's this, call that. He's not. He's not mentioning it by himself. Making his own no, decision. No, of course. No, you, you, you know what? Go ahead. Go ahead. What, what I think the thought was that if we get the ball first, we score a touchdown. So even if Kansas City comes back and scores a touchdown, yeah. we're going to have two possessions of the ball, and if we score, the game's over. Right. Right. So you, right. I think he was thinking ahead. He said that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Let's move on. Michael, we're going to come up to you right now. Your Yankees and Jets report. If you have any Jets news, I don't know what the up there. You're sponsored by a cat's tail. Oh, okay. Uh, well, first of all, uh, I was going to talk about uh, Don Gullet, but I guess if you call on me later, I'll, I'll do Don oh, yeah. later. I'm calling on you now. The Yankee report. Yesterday. <laughs> the Yankee report. Uh, the, the thing with the Yankees, in all honesty, uh, they face plenty of questions heading into spring training. And there was an article in the, in the Daily News, for example, did Cashman do enough this offseason? Uh, now healthy, how healthy will the rotation be? Uh, did can Giancarlo Stanton and other veteran hitters rebound? And uh, will Anthony Volpe make any significant uh, strides going into the next year? Oh. If they could do any of that stuff, I mean, they they would be halfway decent. If they can't. Then it's going to be, uh, you know, just a sad type thing once again, you know, with the Yankees. And we shall see, uh, like uh, I have here, if it ever comes into my, uh, it's not coming in, it's blank. But uh, 
I had the depth chart, and if it shows up, I'll, I'll I'll read it. But anyway, when you think of the depth chart, you have a catcher. You have right now an injured Trevino mm-hmm. and Austin Wells. If Austin Wells starts hitting, that'd be great. At first base, who knows the extent of Rizzo's uh, concussion? Can he begin uh, to hit again? You know, I'm, Rizzo is a uh, mystery to me. Who the hell knows what's going to happen? Uh, second base, Glaber Torres. You don't know where the hell, where the hell, where the hell he's going to go. Uh, Torres, uh, shortstop again, Volpe. Uh, Volpe, if possible, if he can hit like two sixty with twenty thirty home runs, then he's in. Lemay, who says he's perfectly healthy, he's going to be the leadoff hitter. Let's hope that's going to be all right. And the outfield will be uh, the, the what's his name, Soto in, in right, Judge in center, and uh, probably in left for Dugo. But the X factor, and, and I think they've done this on purpose. Uh, uh, they they gave uh, Dominguez a sixty day uh, 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 injured list. I, I think Dominguez is ready, but they're afraid to upset the apple cart because once no. Dominguez comes back, where the hell are they going to put the three outfielders, and what are they going to do with Stanton, and how happy will uh, will Soto be at uh, for at uh, DH? So that's that's the whole mystery with the Yankees. And uh, what's his name? Uh, Boone, he says uh, they're really going to uh, be motivated to uh, get into the World Series, and I hope he's right. But there'll be turmoil. Like, for example, who do you think is going to be in the uh, clubhouse, or not in the clubhouse, in the uh, in the uh, broadcast booth uh, above Boone while Boone is managing, but Joe Girardi. So that will be very, very interesting. If the, if the Yankees get off to a bad start, I can see Girardi, uh, you know, looming in the in the fan base giving a little bit of a uh, what's going to happen over there. So that's basically uh, the Yankees right now. And there's articles about it. Uh, one one thing, I, I read some really nice things about Garrett Cole. They were talking about Garrett Cole might have been, might be the best Yankee pitcher they've ever had. When you really think about how great he is, and his only motivation is to win the World Series. And he says one of the biggest problems with the Yankees is being, being able to avoid the injuries. And he can avoid the injuries. Why can't anybody else avoid the injuries? So he's a very, very interesting uh, and, and gr- interesting topic as to whether he's one of the greatest Yankee pitchers of all time already. Now, believe it or not, with the Jets, I actually have some nice things to say about the Jets. The best thing I've ever seen in covering the Jets for uh, on the mark sports talk, I was looking at my paper, and what showed up on the day of the Super Bowl, the TV guide of the – 12th of January, 1969, and it was a close-up of the Super Bowl, and it was about the the uh, Jets and the Colts. And then let me just read a little bit about what they say about the Jets. A heart-stop. This is the bring back memories. A heart-stopping 27-23 win over Oakland brought super status and the long-awaited league title to the New York Jets. The AFL Player of the Year was Joe Namath, and he passed less. But one more in sixty than in sixty-eight. And the receivers were led by George Sauer, sixty-six catches for the second for second in the league. Don Maynard, all-time pro yardage leader, and tough Pete Lamons. The running game gets straight-ahead power from Matt Snell and uh, Emerson Boozer, and they had aggressive pass rushers Jerry Philbin and Berlin Biggs. And they had the lineup of the Jets, and they have another similar similar article. Uh, about the Baltimore Colts, and it was just nice to see and a little cartoon about the uh, uh, the players 
And uh, it was nice to see that. And as far as the Jets are concerned, it's a uh, tough year. And the possibility exists that uh, you're going to see turmoil like you would not want to believe for next year, even maybe uh, a last place finish. And that will be really, really something. And that's basically everything I have. What do you have on Don Gullett since you, he's a pitch for the Yankees? Don Gullett, since I have the, uh, the uh, what do you call it? Don Gullett, hit this button over here. And Don Gullett, he pitched for the Cincinnati Reds. And he actually uh, got into the uh, Cincinnati Red Wall of Fame. And he's like, you know what he's like? You know what reminds me of? He reminds me a little of uh, a more successful Ron Guidry. Same type of body shape. And he was uh, a very talented, talented uh, pitcher. It says here, a uh, young phenom of the 70s. And uh, he died at the age of 73. That's tough when uh, you're uh, older than that. He dedicated 24 years to uh, the uh, Reds and baseball and the Yankees. And he was a minor league instructor. And he got into the Hall of Fame of the Cincinnati Reds. He came from Lynn, Kentucky, and he was the 14th overall pick by the Reds in the 1969 draft. And after only 11 minor league games that season, he comes to the major leagues at 19 years of old of age in 1970. And 236 games over seven seasons from 1970 to 1976, Gullard won 91 and lost 44 with a 3.03 ERA. And... He, he might might have been uh, one of the best pitchers of, of uh, the history of the Reds. And he signed as a three, free agent with the Yankees before the 1977 season. And he made eight starts. He had a very good 77 season, actually. Injury prone. You know, he had aches and pains. In 1978, he had a torn rotator cuff. And that was basically the end of his career. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Overall, he pitched in six league championships, four World Series, Four winning worlds, four winning, winning world, world series. The Reds from '75. The Reds were one of the greatest teams of all time, and the Yankees uh, in '77. And then he's he uh, in, in 2002 he was elected to the Red Hall of Fame, and that's my uh, gullet. May he rest in peace, um, yep. Fred. Yeah, Michael, you didn't talk about the head of the BSOML Brigade, best shape of my life, um, Stanton. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I worry about Stanton. Well, you know, I might have with Stanton. When Domingos comes back, I, I can foresee this. Uh, they're going to put Soto as the DH. Stanton, might, and he has to stop being a floater if he stops hitting, right? And, and, and Michael, Domingos, I, I don't think, I think that's a legitimate 60 day because when he got hurt, they were talking about a, he could be, that could be a whole year his injury to his elbow. If he know, comes back, he's not coming back to the so Yankee bad. main team. He's starting the minors and working his way into the yeah, but, but I, mean, yeah. I agree also, with an that. An old slow pitcher, Scott Efros, <laughs> apparently had some back surgery in December. He, his Tommy John surgery got pushed. You know, yeah, hope, recovery hoping, got pushed back because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, conversely, I've read that he's coming around already. All of a sudden, you see the 60 days. You know, the Yankee rotation is nice if they stay healthy, you know, uh, with um, – uh, Cole as an ace, Rodon is, is very, very motivated. Uh, Nesta Cortez, Schmidt, and uh, I really have uh, nice feelings about uh, Strowman because if Strowman starts to act up, I could see Aaron Judge put his arm around him and say, Son, <laughs> right? You, you do that. He'll say, Get the F away from me, <laughs> right, Gerald. What do you got? Go ahead, Gerald. 
Y'all got to wink. I was going to say, Mike, given the question marks of Radon and Cortez, I'm surprised the Yankees are not being more aggressive regarding Snell. Yeah, but Snell's not an innings an innings eater, and he's injury prone. And uh, they, they he walks a lot of batters, also. And, and he's only a five he's only a five inning pitcher. Right. Yeah. That's all you need right now. Well, you need <laughs> more than true. that. You need more than that. No, no Wall one's Street, fighting on him. Yeah, Wall Street kind of, Journal. But that kind of money you had need more. You need yeah, a seven or eight. You comment with one. Don't don't the Yankees have like an Aaron Judge light in the minors now? I forgot yeah. his name. Spencer Jones. What's his name? Spencer Jones. Spencer Jones. Yeah. Spencer Jones. Right. And it, but you know what else the Yankees have? The Yankees have so many players that just have like a one year or in the last year of their deal. This is like a do or die season, like you would not want to believe. And you could go from Holmes and Soto and uh, I, I think even Glaber, uh, a couple of them, uh, some of the pitchers. They they're a one shot deal and this is gonna be it. And after this year they really have to start thinking of something. Fred, where did Jones play last year? I think he was I'm not sure, but I think he was was he double A, Michael? You, you know? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Larry. It's surprising the Yankees didn't go for a Snell or some of the others because they're below the luxury tax threshold this year. They have a lot of room. But yeah. what Snell was asking for was not worth it. Yeah. Well, there are and, other players that might I mean, outside of the two two Cy Young Award pit years, the guy is not a great pitcher. Yeah, and Montgomery no one picked up either. Montgomery's yeah. not yet. He's probably Jeff? going back to Texas. Jeff? Yeah, the Wall Street Journal this morning had a uh, very good article on four or five Scott Boris free agents uh, yeah. that have not been picked up. It almost looks conspicuous conspiratorial, but I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Cody Bellinger, uh, Matt Chapman, uh, and Jordan Montgomery, and then add in uh, Matt, uh, Blake Snell. And they've all not been looked at at all. Uh, mm-hmm. And it could be either Scott it's Boris. They, they hate Scott Boris, the, the teams. Yeah. They don't want to deal with him. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody does. There's also Peter Alonso's Alonso, Exactly. I was going to say that. Yeah. Didn't the Yankees make but an it, offer to Snell, though? Uh, yeah, they did, but uh, uh, it that was quickly retreat. That seemed like a reasonable offer. He wanted nine years at thirty thousand a year. Nine they offered years, him five years. Uh, yeah, they offered him for a pitcher. They offered him five. He's certainly not worth nine years. See, no, Matthew yeah. Baumgartner, no, see yeah. Timmy Lincecum. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's move years. on. Let's move on. All right, uh, Joe, we're up to your Mets report. Uh, you're sponsored this week by long sleeve T-shirts. Oh, I love long sleeve T-shirts. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Go ahead, Joe. So again, it's all uh, you know. It's all uh, Groundhog Day here at Mets. Uh, <laughs> there's nothing. There's nothing going on. I'll I'll read you a couple of things. Um, you know, Severino th- thinks he's figured out though that he was tipping pitches last year. Um, Beatty's figured out why he was his bat was lagging. I mean, it's all this is all vaporware until the season yeah. starts. I mean, I hope they're right, and I hope these guys have great seasons. But there's yeah. there's not much difference between the Mets of uh, 2023 and the Mets of this year. So mm. I don't see them going any higher than third. And exactly. I, I don't have much. I don't have much more to say. Now they've got a pitching prospect, this guy Scott, who may uh, may or may not make it make the team. 
And the other thing, there's one more thing. I think the three of the Mets' highly touted prospects are all in the five nine. And it's, <laughs> it is true. It's very they, who is it? The one of them is five six. It's the water in the flushing. <laughs> it's, it's very, it's very, it's it's very rare for a guy for guys that small to uh, to make an impact in the majors. There are very few Altuve's. Well, Marcus. Uh, uh... Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, maybe I, next I, week I we'll have more to talk one, about it, Mets guys. Uh, I just wanted to say one more thing. They yeah, mentioned, uh, they mentioned about Montgomery. I read earlier today that uh, Dombrowski might make him a short term offer if nobody else picks him up. Mm. That would be a huge, <laughs> that'd be a huge That's thing. The Phillies, right? Some, the Phillies, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard, I heard and, going and, back to the Rangers. Finally, finally, one other thing. There was one other website that ranked the uh, the uh, the major league offenses, and the Braves, of course, are number one. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Fred, Gerald, yeah. then we're going to move yeah. on. Yeah, Joe. In today's post, is an article column by John Heyman. Says Mets rotation could be surprising strength strength of the team. Yeah. And and Absolutely. then and then on the other page. Senga downplays ace status in year two. Mm. He doesn't want to be known as an ace. No. And then you see the picture of <laughs> Severino right. with a beard. He was happy to grow the beard because yeah. the Yankees won. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Look, that's that's that really helped them pitch though. I mean, I like there's, a, there's a lot of there's a lot of ifs, ands, and buts with the Mets. They could yeah. they could be very good, but they have right. not done anything. They haven't added a real. They haven't added a guy like Cody Bellinger or something. Yeah. They haven't added I a guy who's, uh, you know, a real slugger yeah. to the team. They just Joe, haven't. Joe, but, but Joe, you know, the first, you know, Joe, Joe, for the first time, though, that yeah. they have some pitchers in the minor leagues that can be decent pitchers. They haven't had this in ages. Yeah. You know, no, it's I'm not, not to be confused. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not saying that there's, that there's no upside potential to the Mets, but it's all there's nothing solid here. These guys have never played in the major leagues. But, but you, you know, you know they, have, they haven't done that, very well. You know, you know, the way baseball is structured now last year. I mean, I think the Diamondbacks won 84 games. I mean, they yeah. certainly probably, could, you know, could win 84, 85 yeah. games. They right. could. And, and sneak into the playoffs. And, yeah. and then, yeah. like I say, once you're in it, anything can happen as, yeah. as last year proved. Mm -hmm. I have a question for Joe. Uh, would you want Cody Bellinger? And if so, where would he play? DH. Yeah. No, you could play him. I, I'd yeah. play him yeah. in. Uh, they could yeah, use him. In, they could use him in uh, in the outfield. They'll find. They'd find a place for him. Harrison Bate is going to get injured at some point in the year. <laughs> he will. <laughs> Fred, you, you yeah. realize that the Verlander now is being. Uh, has 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 some arm problem. Yeah, and he yeah. doesn't pitch 140 innings. Yeah. The Mets don't have to pay 17 million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> he, he said he, he said he doesn't think I'm going to be ready for opening day. Yeah, bless, bless, bless. Right. Gerald, then we have to move on. So, Joe, two things: we don't know the status of Marte health wise. Right. Number two: what mm -hmm. is Stearns babbling about? Um, it's the process. He doesn't even mention winning is the goal. He, he skirts around that. I, a friend of mine was telling me, what is that all about? I don't know. I can't read them. Joe, it's like the old Philadelphia 76 is trust the process. Yeah. I can't. Uh, Does his stars look like I mean, a bar mitzvah boy? Yeah. <laughs> hey, young dude. All right. Let, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, Fred, do you have a Giants report or nothing? Uh, very 30 seconds today. They seem to have solidified their coaching staff, and now they're moving on to the to the off season of preparing for the combine, the end of February and the April draft, and and also by the end of this Friday, uh, end of this month, two weeks, they have to decide if they're going to franchise 
tag anybody. I don't think they're going to franchise tag Barkley. And maybe, I don't know if they're going to do it with McKinney. So we have to see what they're going to do, if anything, with that. That's it. Okay. Where are they picking? And hopefully next year, next year at this time, we'll be doing a post-mortem on the Giants-Jets Super Bowl. That's close. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, go ahead. You can do that post-mortem right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Joe. They won't be in it. <laughs> they won't be in it. Okay. Joe, you have a Yeah, Fred, anything anything about the Giants quarterback situation? Anything about Tyrod Taylor? They're gonna let him go still. I haven't heard one one way or, <laughs> or another. He is a free agent. So hmm. I don't think I don't I don't think I don't think they have an interest in bringing him back. Why? I, I don't know. I'm not in Joe Schoen's Somebody head. else out okay. there. Okay. okay. But they said they one of the papers I was reading today said they are looking for a veteran backup quarterback, and there he is. He's right there. I know, but I don't know if they want to pay that much. But he, he was very high paid for the role that he had. So, mm. All right. Thanks, young. Fred. Howie, your West Coast report. This week you're sponsored by Creamy Donuts. That's a Mark, good one. Mark, who is wow. I sponsored by, anybody? <laughs> all right. Don't get all choked up there. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, Remember I said several weeks ago that the Giants are no longer going to be using openers uh, yeah. because they want to stretch out their young pitching staff. Well, that was made official by uh, Farhan Zaidi's uh, president and general operations, saying that beyond Logan Webb, who's their one ace, uh, well, Robbie Ray, who they got in the trade, will not be ready until after the All-Star break. Alex Carver was on their team, won't be ready till June. That three rookies at this moment they plan to start in the rotation. Kyle Harrison, uh, a left, a righty, uh, Keaton Wynn. What? Sounds like Keaton Wynn, right? Remember? (laughs) Keaton Wynn, uh, righty, big six foot four guy, and Jordan Hicks, the flame for reliever six for two uh who they want to expand to throw uh nine nine innings or seven innings at least. so that's good as far as they're concerned because that's the we were talking about uh Fred or joe was talking about the strong point of a team and that's a giant strong point the pitching but miracle miracles they improved the lineup by signing yeah. jose solaire so who so, hits yeah. like few few like about thirty nine homers several years yep. ago? Giants haven't had a thirty year home run hitter since Barry Bonds. Wow. So this guy will slip right in, mostly DH, but he can also play first and third. So they can play switcheroos with him, Wilma Flores, and JD Davis. Uh, and uh, so that was good. The, the other thing is, I'm still waiting for the other suit to drop. The other guy that they're looking for is uh, Matt Chapman. And according to the latest baseball, oh, yeah. I don't know where this comes from, the Giants have an even chance of signing Chapman, uh, a two-to-one chance of signing Cody Bellinger, and a four-to-one chance of signing Blake Snell. By the way, the Yankees uh, have a two-to-one chance of signing no, again, I don't know where this is coming from. So, with that added battle or two, uh, Giants are looking good. And like was mentioned before, in the National League East, 
in the National League West, you got the Dodgers, you got the Braves, you got the Padres, you got the D-backs. I mean, forget about it. You know, you will be beating out the, the, the Rockies, but they are adding. I'd like to see another bat and let's see how it goes. And uh, that's it for the Giants. The Warriors, by the way, are at 500. They've been playing very well of late, mainly because they put Jonathan Kaminga in the starting lineup, and he's flourished. The kid is doing well, as are some of the other kids on the team. So uh, that's why they're holding on to their core, because they feel they can make a run this year. They're not getting to the playoffs, but they feel like they can make a run this year. And uh, that's all I got. So you got uh, Larry. Dodgers signed Kershaw for a two-year, $36 million contract. Yeah. yeah. I was surprised by that. Yeah, yeah. And he's not starting. He's his, He's out the first part of the year, right? He's still oh, hurt. June. He's not going to be. June. 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 Roger. Yeah, I think uh, Solaire hit 36 home runs for the Marlins this year. Yeah. Uh, in 137 games, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he was the MVP in 2021. You remember how he helped the Braves, you know, run to the World right. Series. That's right. He led off That's of them. Right. He was the first and he's only 31. <laughs> so. I know. 31. I don't yeah. know. Right, maybe Good signing. Catch light yeah. in the bottle there. Gerald. Oh, Howie. LeBron had a conversation with the Warriors, and he says yeah. he'd like to play with Steve Curry one day, if I understood <laughs> that correctly. Yeah, they were talking about what's going to be at the trade deadline, except there's going to be any conversation at the end of the season. I still don't think he's going to leave the Lakers unless something comes up. But who knows? You never know. I'd love to, I'd love to see that type of team with LeBron. LeBron, Curry, and Draymond on the same court. Let's see. Let's see. All right, Joe. Yeah, but Howie, you know it. Uh, you know how much Solaire signed for, just out of curiosity. Oh shit! Yeah, I saw it somewhere. I uh, yeah, you look at that. Yeah, oh, it was a four-year contract. Yeah, I think it was three, Wayne. I think it was three years. Oh, was it? I thought it was four. Okay, yeah. uh, three years, forty-two. That's right. Oh, three years, forty-two. Yeah. That's uh, what is that? That's fourteen. Yeah, you know what that is? That's that's Trump change for Steve Cohen. <laughs> yeah. I'm serious. Trump, yeah. Trump change. I, I can't understand it. No Unless they're saving money for their project across the street. <laughs> and, yeah, well, you know, I'm afraid. Knows. I'm afraid that that's the, the case. Stadium. I don't know. I don't know. They still got the out there. They're building a housing project across the street of the uh, building the whole big the stadium too, right? Uh, yeah, they stadium. Were a casino housing project. Yeah, they revitalized that whole casino. I'll see. Uh, I believe when I see it. All right. Thank you there, Howie, for the West Coast Report. And before I go to Mike's DC and Surroundings Report, which is sponsored by Basketball Rims. I'm looking out my window. It's almost 510, and it's still light outside. Really great to hear that. All right. Go ahead, Mike. All right. Um, (laughs) So I want to make a comment or two on this whole 49er Steve Wilkes situation. I I can't tell whether that's just sour grapes, hard feelings, scapegoating, or whether there's real substance there. There was was a play earlier in the year against the Vikings, right before halftime, when the Vikes had the ball. Wilkes called an all-out blitz. They picked it up. He threw a long pass. It got, it was complete for a touchdown. 
Vikings took a lead and ended up winning the game. It was almost a free touchdown. Mm. And there was a lot of resentment about his, you know, in a, in a, with only seconds left in the first half. I mean, it was under 30 seconds. So, you know, you would you would normally play a kind of conservative uh, uh, prevent, but they didn't and they got burned. So, you know, you can always there's two different <laughs> sides to these kinds of things. Another another aspect, the 49ers came into the season with Bosa and Armstead, two of the best defensive linemen in the league. They signed Jason Hard Hargrave off of Philadelphia Eagles, right? An excellent defensive tackle. And they traded for Chase Young. They also traded for Randy Gregory, who's sort of a over-the-hill veteran, but still can help a little bit. So they went all out to bolster that defense and be ready for the postseason. And yet uh, they weren't they weren't as good as they had been the year before. And uh, they, you know, they could only go so far in uh, in the playoffs. Now they had lost their starting safety, Kerfanga. They lost Greenlaw on a kind of freak injury during the game. They lost Feliciano during the game. I don't know whether that made much difference, but uh, there were some injuries that mattered uh, for the 49ers. But in the end, um, you know, the, I think the feeling was he's kind of predictable on defense. He doesn't coordinate the defensive backs with the defensive line well. Uh, we've, we haven't been uh, as, as strong as we could have been. My own personal opinion is I like the defenses like Baltimore uses where they put six guys up on the line in a lot of passing situations. And you can't tell who's coming and who isn't coming. The, of course, the defense has identified that, but the offense has not. And sometimes they get surprised. Sometimes five guys come, sometimes even only three and a couple of guys fall off. But wherever they're coming from, you can't always predict it. And that's the, why I like it is because it's a little bit unpredictable. You can't be sure what they're doing. Whereas the 49ers, because they had such an excellent defensive line, they just rushed four on just about every play. And uh, so they were, they were fairly predictable. Anyway, that's what I have to say about that. To talk about the Washington, D.C. situation, I looked up the word doldrums to see what it means. <laughs> <laughs> and it means a state or period of inactivity, stagnation, or depression. Well, take your choice. Stagnation or depression seems mm -hmm. like the closest uh, to where things are in the D.C. area. But in any case, the Caps, the Caps lose more than they win, but they do win some of the time. And one of the recent things that's happened is Ovechkin has begun to score. So he has goals in the last six games, and they won maybe a half of those games, uh, but it matters a little bit, and it's good to see it. And like I said last week, the team wants him to break the record. The league wants him to break the record. So this is moving in the right direction. The Wizards, uh, pretty much more of the same. I think they've lost six in a row. What you see the pattern with them now is that a lot of teams will run and shoot with them for three quarters. And if you do that, you'll you'll come in. They, they can hold their own, and they generally do. But in the fourth quarter, the other teams begin to play real defense. And suddenly it's not so easy. They can't just get layups. They can't get to the basket. They start missing a lot of shots, and they get beat in the fourth quarter by a lot. It was particularly evident in a game against Dallas the other night. I think Dallas outscored them by about 18 in the fourth quarter after trailing for the first three quarters. Uh, the Nationals, the word in the newspapers now, is lots of excitement 
lots of anticipation. They're going into spring training. Pitchers and catchers are reporting. And, you know, if you think about it, they are tied at the moment with Atlanta and <laughs> Philadelphia and the Mets and Miami at the top of the standings. <laughs> so no reason not to be excited. We'll say this of Washington. They have three legitimate field prospects, right? They have this guy, Dylan Cruz, who they took second in the draft this last year, rated number seven on the Major League uh, Baseball list of 100 top prospects. They have James Wood, another outfielder, Cruz is an outfielder, uh, Wood rated number 14, uh, same list, and a third baseman by the name of Brady House, who's rated number 48 on the list. So they have three guys in the top 50. And remember, this is all 30 teams. It's not just the National League. So uh, uh, eventually, some of the at least uh, a couple of these guys are likely to crack into their lineup, uh, probably two outfielders, uh, if not, if nobody else, but maybe House too at third base, where they've had a big opening the last few years. So maybe they can get all those guys uh, eventually. Uh, no, no action right now with commanders, nothing much going on. And lastly, uh, UVA had that 22-game home winning streak uh, broken. University of Pittsburgh came in and beat them by 11. Uh, they must have put a lot of effort into that, but uh, that was the end of that uh, streak. That's my report. Okay, thank you. A couple of comments. Larry, then we'll go. There's one bright spot on the Wizards. It's D Danny Abdia is really coming along, is scoring 25 points a game in the last five or six games. The last game, 43 points, 15, 14 rebounds. They're giving him much more, uh, much more time, and they're, they're also allowing him to bring the ball down. He's very good in uh, in spotting uh, players for assists. Okay. There's a plus, but they still lose. They still lose. <laughs> right. A lot. All right. Thank you, Mike, on that. I'm, I'm going to skip over some football stuff. Maybe we'll go back to it later. I want to get to basketball, uh, pro basketball, uh, Fred, local basketball, Fred in college, Wayne. So why don't we go there first? And uh, Fred, you take it off. Well, pro basketball now is, is in a hiatus. Well, after tonight, there are three games tonight. They'll be off until next Thursday, which comes at a great time for the Knicks, who are really Injury battle. Six of their eight top eight players are uh, are injured. They didn't, you know, last night they lost by eighteen points to Orlando. They had a game Monday night, which the referees have messed up on the call. They should not have made that call at the end. The Knicks protested, but they're not going to win the protest because it wasn't it wasn't a rules violation. The, the, the only time since nineteen eighty when a protest has been over. Um, upheld was in 2007 when referees erroneously disqualified Shaquille O'Neal when he had six <laughs> fouls. They said he had six fouls when he actually only had five. So this is nothing. So that's not going to be upheld, even though we all know that the game should should have gone into overtime. Go ahead, Joe. I just want to say one thing. I'm I, I was I was angry as everybody else, every other Nick fan was after that happened. But when I thought about it. Brunson had played practically the entire game. He was going to have to play the entire overtime. I right, actually right. think they were Thibodeau was going to put these guys at risk of injury. And maybe the best thing that happened is that they lost that game. It's a rationalization on my yeah, part. Yeah. But, I, uh, I didn't even think along those, those lines. Uh, I didn't either. I, at the thinking was the guy, the guy was so far away from the basket. Why are we even trying to defend it? Well, you know, yeah. But, yeah. But, 
But anyway, it was, just a, it was it was just a reaction move. He was he was just running out. Uh, you know, they wanted but, to prevent the shot. But but, he, but even with really everything, if, if, if anybody would have said at the All Star break the Knicks would be would have yeah. a winning percentage of six hundred, you yeah. everybody would have been very satisfied. Yeah. So I mean, they're, they're still in fourth place. The first game back is against Philadelphia next Thursday, who's a half game behind. Hopefully, they'll yeah. get Divincenzo, Bogdanovich, and um, Hartenstein back. And, yeah. of course, yeah. Randall and Agdabani will, will be gone for a little bit longer. I think Randall's going to be evaluated next week. I think it was it was, I think it was two yeah. weeks from the time he got injured, which will be yeah. sometime next week. So, hopefully, there will be good news on that front. I haven't heard anything. They're keeping yeah, very I haven't quiet. Either. I, think, I think it's just that he's he's doing his rehab. There hasn't been any um, prognosis yet. And with, mm-hmm. with a local team that was net, the Nets, the less said the better about the Nets right now. They've lost oh, by 50, God. I think. Yes, I, yeah. Ter- you know, there, there was a very unusual incident happened pre-game last night. I don't know if you guys heard about this. In Detroit <laughs> and Phoenix, yeah. this guy Eubanks on Phoenix, supposedly he was was coming to the arena prior to the game. A guy in Detroit, Stewart, actually punched him, and and Stewart was arrested by the Phoenix by, by the police for that for that incident. It wasn't even on court. It was just walking mm-hmm. into the arena, you know, prior to the game. Do you know it's, why? Do you know? I have no. I have. I have no. no I haven't heard anything. I, I have no idea. It just says there. Uh, punched him at the as the teams were due to play. He was coming to the arena. An argument started, and they went chest to chest. Before he threw the punch, uh, who knows? Yeah, I, I don't know if this guy's had a history in college or anything. I, I know Stewart. I think played at the University of Washington. I think I'm not sure where Eubanks was from. So I, you know, I, I don't know. But the, but but the Knicks, you know, still tightly bunched to be you know beyond the Celtics and uh, got twenty yeah. about twenty five twenty seven games left to settle all of this, yeah. and uh, we'll see. Um. I'll defer the rest of my time so Wayne can talk about college basketball, which is which is really heating up. Okay, this is uh, this this is the best time in for college basketball between now and uh, the yeah. March Madness and these the the brackets. Anyway, though the big story in college basketball is tonight. It's uh, Iowa against uh, Michigan uh, tonight. The women's basketball. Caitlin Clark will break uh, Kelsey Plum's uh, all-time scoring record. Only on Peacock. Unfortunately, the game is on Peacock. It's not yeah. on oh, the channels. I'm going to watch it. As, oh, God. So, um, just, I'll just stay on women's basketball for a second. The uh, top-rated teams, South Carolina, Ohio State, Stanford, Iowa, and Texas. Also, Princeton women's basketball team is rated 25, which is uh, very surprising for an Ivy League team. Where I said before that in, in men's basketball, there isn't a dominant team. That's not the case in women's basketball. South mm-hmm. Carolina is the dominant team in, in college in women's basketball. They are undefeated. The only team that has two losses is Gonzaga, and they're rated 15 or 16. Mm-hmm. Um, they beat Connecticut handily without their best player. It was in Brazil trying out for the national team. Uh, I, interesting game. I was watching the Iowa-Nebraska women's games. I thought maybe Clark would break it on Saturday. She didn't. Nebraska wins the game against Iowa. Nebraska plays Ohio State last night and loses by 33 points. So mm. uh, I guess eventually Ohio State was a, was a team that beat Iowa. But I don't know if Ohio State, I guess, gets South Carolina might be a decent game. Mm. Uh, going into uh, men's basketball, 
UConn, Purdue, Houston, Marquette, Arizona, the top five teams. The big game is going to be Saturday, I guess, uh, at Connecticut. The Marquette number four is playing at Connecticut. So that should be uh, probably the best game of the weekend. This is something interesting. This is the first time Indiana State has been ranked in the top 25 since Larry Bird played for them. Right. So they get they get mm. ranked in the top 25. So what happens? They play against Illinois State and they get they get beaten badly at home. Mm-hmm. So who knows that? A big game last the other day was Kansas played at Texas Tech, lost by 29 points. Uh though so I don't know, Syracuse also upset uh, nice North Carolina this past weekend. Uh Really, that's nothing more about that. But I do want to bring up uh, UCLA. And even if you're not a uh, you're not a, a a sports fan, you have to know that UCLA was a dominant team in, in college basketball from '65 to '76. Uh, they won. They lost that one year in '66. We just talked last week about Texas Western and and, uh, and Kentucky. But um, the thing about you, you look, UCLA had the two best college players of all time. And Louis, Louis Alcindor and Bill Walton were regarded as the two best uh, college players in the history of the game. But just I want you to take a look at this. When UCLA won those to- those tournaments, they were there were only 25 teams playing in the NCAA tournament. Right. Well, if you won your conference, you won your conference, you played in the tournament. If you had a conference tournament and you won that, you played. There was no second, third, fourth teams this right. year. A conference like oh, uh, like big the big Toronto is going to get about seven yeah. or eight um, players in, plus the fact that UCLA got a a a, a a a a buy the first round. They only played four games in the tournament that year, and they always were kept out west. They never they never traveled any place. They played the uh, in the regionals route west, and they also they played out west. Now, like obviously they win two championships. Uh, I mean, ten championships it has to be something. But I think. I, for the for people who love college basketball, I think it's something to think about how they, uh, you know, the the how the area that they won in. Uh, I assume Larry's going to be has Peacock tonight to watch Caitlin Clark. I'm afraid not. No, Larry, he's 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 your he's your he's, she's your woman. <laughs> she's 108 points. Yes, you is my woman. She's 108 points yes. behind Pistol Pete. You know. Yeah, yeah. but as you yeah that yeah. Like, yeah, but Pete did him three years, didn't he? Right. That's yeah. correct, and he, and there was no three point shooting at that right. time. Right, he averaged over forty right. points a game, I think. Forty four. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's 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 insane. Oh, it was terrific. Oh, we got some comments down there. Uh, Gerald, you go first. So Wayne, here, here's a question for you. Um, I think there was a football game on a couple of weeks ago on one of the streaming services, and it was broadcast at three a.m. or something. Yeah. Are they going to do that with uh, Caitlin Clark? Put it on at three in the morning. <laughs> it's, it's on eight yeah. o'clock. Where they're going to repeat it on the channel? Seven. I don't know. Yeah, but you, you see that. See that, Gerald. That was because there was an NFL game, so the NFL Network did it. So I don't oh. know who's going to. This is a Peacock is what NBC. Yes, yeah. there's no like NBA NBC Sports Network to, to put it on. Right. right. Yeah. 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 Mike. Uh, question for you, Wayne. The the women's NCAA tournament traditionally has had in the first round the higher seed gets to play at home. Are they still doing that? Yes. Yeah, they played. Well, yes, they are. Yes, they they they're playing in at least around home. Yeah. Uh, in other words, if if North Carolina is playing, they might play in Greensboro. They might play club. They're not gonna, yeah. they're not going to ship North Carolina out to play in Seattle, Washington in the first round. 
Yeah, but they don't get to play on their home floor necessarily. No, no, you can't. They don't. They won't let a team to play on their home floor. Well, that's a change, I think. Yeah, yeah no, they used that's to. True. Used to like Connecticut used to always play up. In the... Okay, thank you. All right, Raj. Wayne, uh, UCLA also had a pretty good coach in those years too. Had huh? A great coach, yeah, John yeah. Wooden. <laughs> I had a fabulous, fabulous coach. I just wanted to, you know, point out. Look, I, obviously, you guys know I'm, I'm a major Duke fan, so uh, I, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I always, always look at Coach K. But yes, Wooden is probably the goat in, of, of college basketball. Didn't Alcindor play in the era where they took away the dunk? Yes, yes, yes he did. Yeah. Nor did he play as a freshman. Freshman, and also right, he, right. he couldn't play years. as a freshman. That's correct. Right, right. right. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. From time. <laughs> I remember a story about Lou Alcindor at Power Memorial. I might have told this story once before, but in in he was dunking continuously in high school, Power yeah. Memorial, and they were un, un, unstoppable. And then one game. He, it was a close game, and he, instead of he had the ball and he was driving to the basket, he decided to lay it up and not dunk it, and he missed the layup. And boy, did th their coach was was that Jack Powers? Jack Donahue. Jack Donahue, not Powers. No, oh, Jack Donahue. <laughs> he reamed him out. You do not lay the ball up. You dunk the ball every single time you can. Fred, Fred, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Didn't everyone think that uh, he was going to uh, go to St. John's? Oh, yeah. But the, but the thing with him was what people didn't realize, he was, you know, he was one of these athletes who was really beyond just basketball. He was very yeah. intelligent. Good, great, and and, he, and he, he wanted to leave New York City. He, okay, he wanted I, I, to get as far away from New York as he could. I, you're right. I, I don't remember he, that. You know, even to this day, you know, he's... You know, th there's more to him than just basketball. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's correct. He was in the movies, wasn't he? He was in a couple He was in the movie. Roger, Roger, you know, Roger. But, 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 but he's a pilot. Right. Yeah, but he's also, you know, for his social activist. Airport, he's, yeah. It's a very... Uh, he said no. He's, no, no. He, he's almost like, like what you call a renaissance man. Yeah. Yes. Really? Yeah. You know, I went to... I was at UCLA the three years when they won the championship, so he was there. Right. And uh, I don't know why, but one day we were in the elevator in the social science yeah. building where I was, and I was standing right next to him. And basically, I stared into his belt buckle. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Big boy. Yeah, yeah. Greatest. One of the greatest of all time. Okay. All right. Thank you, Wayne, for that. And you uh, give me a sponsor, Mark. Guy Hook. Well, I think next week you, you're going to earn your sponsor. <laughs> 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 okay. Tough criteria, Wayne. <laughs> it's the hardest thing I do all week. I've prepared for this is trying to figure out a sponsor without repeating. Hey, hey, hey Mark, I didn't have any sponsors today. Because right, you Fred didn't have one either. Fast. I had one. You talked too fast. So you I talked too one. fast. All right. You don't wait three. You don't get it. All right. A couple of uh, going back a couple of uh, uh, topics here. You probably know that this Super Bowl was the most watched Super Bowl ever. Mm hmm. And did you hear the Tony Romo story before uh, the days before the game? Uh, supposedly, the CBS officials told yes. to chill <laughs> because he gets so involved in the game. Did you hear the story? You guys hear yes. it? He was told yes, to calm down a little bit yes. because he acts like a fan more than a neutral analyst. And uh, I thought that was very interesting. He, he does a good job. At first, I didn't like him, but I, I think he does a really, really. I think he's good. Yeah. So do I. 
And uh, with the uh, the Chiefs winning, of course, repeat winners. There are nine repeat winners, and one team did it twice. And who is that? New England, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. 75, 76, 79, and 80. There's a little. And uh, with Reed winning his third, uh, he didn't win one with the Eagles. No, he no. lost. He, had, he was only there once. So he's won three. And <clears throat> Belichick at six. Chuck Dole at four. Bill Walsh, Joe Gibb, Gibbs, <clears throat> and Andy Reed have three. Lombardi only won two. And and, and Spagnolia has he ran out of time. <clears throat> I guess you heard the Hall of Fame inductees. Uh, I guess you can't argue with their picking. They, they have to pick a certain amount. Um, Dwight uh, Freeney, uh, um, Devin Hester. You know, talk about he got in because of his kick returns and punt returns. Don't you think, and this is an opinion, that they should eliminate the kickoffs in football? No. Every single kick, every single kick during that game was a touchback. Matter of fact, a couple of times the, the ball kicked off from a tee went through the goalposts. <laughs> they should get points for that too, you know. But yeah. no, like soon the kick returner and the punt returner are not going to be existed. I don't see it. I start them on a 25. Start them on a 30. I don't know. You say no. Yeah. Why no, Fred? Because the, because there are times during the season when, when the kicks were short. And, and there's still always the possibility of, uh, of, a, re- of a return. I, I mean, it's a waste of time. But yeah, but they, they can fair catch that. How about an on catch it on the five and bring it, they bring it up to what, the 25 or 35? Well, yeah, but, Within okay. the 25, 25, you could score for a fair catch, but sometimes guys might see a lane. You never, you never know. If, right. if you have a I think, I think eventually they're going to eliminate it. How about the onside not. kick, Mark? What's wrong with that? Well, if you do away with the kickoff, you have no chance of getting an onside kick. Yeah, that's right. That's a good point. Good point. Good point. Do you remember a league a few years ago? I'm trying to think what league it was. It was <clears throat> but if you're still behind by a certain number of points, you can get the ball again. Yeah. You know, a few years ago, the NFL was thinking of changing the rule about onside kicks. Instead of try- onside kick, giving you a chance of, what, starting – on your own 35-yard line, making it fourth down and and 15 oh, yeah. yards to go. And if, you, yeah. and, and if you – something like that. I may be off on the play. <laughs> and if he was successful, you kept the ball. It's a handicap. What network, Fred, what network has Tom Brady next year? I'm sorry, what? What I think network Fox. has Tom Brady? Fox. 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 Fox, yeah. Uh, Mark, they, they did that in Little League with me. If you were ahead by a certain number of points, right? Uh, Andre it. Johnson, Julius Peppers, Patrick Willis, Randy Gratishaw, and Steve Mungo McMichael got in. I thought that Good. was Yeah. Next year, Marshawn Lynch. Uh, of course, Eli not. Manning is going to be eligible. I don't think he deserves it. I don't think he deserves it. Adam uh, Vinatieri, he's up next year. I think he'll, he'll be in. Marshawn Lynch. Man. But you think Eli Manning? You know, when New York is here. Yeah. Two MVP, two yes. Super Bowls. No. Yeah, he yes. gets it. Uh, listen. And, and, dur- and Jeff and durability. He didn't miss the game. Right, they missed right. the game. Regular season, 117 and 117. 500. 500. <laughs> two Super Bowls. Yep. Didn't have a, sometimes didn't have a lot of good teams with him. Yeah. Jim Plunkett, too, Mark. <laughs> yeah, what about what he went to? That's a good point. Yeah. Um, 
ESPN signed a six-year deal, $1.3 billion to televise the football college 12-team playoff yeah. next season, which should be interesting. All the yeah. games are going to be on ESPN as they go from four to the uh, 12. Oh, money, money, money. Yeah. Roger, do you have any uh, baseball stuff before we uh... – it just only a couple of things. I know how we covered about Solaire. That was really the big signing this week. Uh, I know Joe was probably anxious to talk about former GM Bill, Billy Epler, right, Joe? <laughs> no. Yeah, no. <laughs> but to say he, he was placed on the ineligible I list. I know. <laughs> yeah. He got caught. Yeah. Monkeying with that. The injury list play, placement, apparently. So. Wasn't every team doing that, though? I, yeah. it, it makes you wonder, but I guess maybe he was a little more blue than some of the others. <laughs> Yeah, we talked. Uh, Yankees again had those minor things that Mike talked about. Yeah, Dominguez was the uh, the Tommy John surgery, so yeah. I'm not sure how soon he's going to be ready. And um, oh, Corey Kluber retired. Um, yes, Two time right. Cy Young Award guy, uh, 13 years in the league. Uh, during 2014 to 2018, he won those two Cy Young Awards. He placed third twice. He no hitter with star game appearances. He won an ERA title. He was, he was very dominant. But 2019, I guess injuries took over. He only pitched a little oh, over 25 innings. Yeah. He was traded to Texas for 2020. He pitched a total of one inning. <sighs> then the Yankees picked him up in uh, 2021, 383 ERA, and he actually threw a no-hitter. So I was I was actually surprised they didn't re-sign him after that. But he went to Tampa for 2022 and the Red Sox 2023, and I guess he had I guess he had enough. <laughs> No Hall of Fame for him. years old. He had those couple of dominant years, not quite like Koufax, but he was, you know, he was a top pitcher for those four or five years. <laughs> that's that's all I, I got. He'll come back to old timers game at the Yankees. Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably. We <laughs> don't play a game anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right. Is that all you have? That's all I got, Mark. So I don't know if we touched upon the A's. Going to have the first woman to be sp- the lead play-by-play person this year. I, I did see that. Yeah. Avner, hired by NBC Sports California. Howie, where's Howie? Howie there? Uh, he had to go. It was, uh, it's, 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 something was going on in the kitchen, Mark. All right, all right. <laughs> uh, Adam Wainwright. Adam Wainwright signed on with uh, Major League Baseball Network to be an on-air analyst. Um, they stay on and still active in somehow in some aspect of the sports. Mark. Sorry, right, uh, Michael, you like – go ahead, go. Didn't Susan Waldman do play-by-play for a while, and I guess oh, I think just... she's I think she just analyzes the game. I, I, she may have done as a as a fill-in, Michael. Yeah, yeah. Just the first yeah. one, uh, Gerald, and then Joe, and then. Uh... So most of us know that Daniel Murphy is going to be in the broadcast booth at the end of February for Mets spring training games. All right, just two games, just two games, two games, two games, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, once when Keith won't be there, and another time when I think both of them won't be there. Just he's a substitute. <laughs> Still on them, yeah. Joe, yeah. What's isn't there something going on? Did I read something going on with the A's in Las Vegas about getting a stadium there? Anybody <laughs> else hear anything? Yeah, there was something last week. It sounded like some big shot in Vegas said, "Don't bother. That we don't want you." Yeah, so what the hell? Where does that that leave them? No, they're coming. They're going there. Uh, The NBA wants to put a team there. Every sport's going to be there. Vegas is big business. Oh, yeah. Vegas is a big place. Mark, there was one other thing. I forgot. Mike, I don't know whether you saw this. I think Lenny Dykstra had a stroke. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, right. He was in today's paper. 
Yeah. Uh, Too many uh, steroids. Nails. Doesn't uh, hope he pulls through and all that stuff. They they found somebody who stole that Jackie Robinson statue. Yeah, that's pretty stupid. Uh, no evidence of hate motivated crime. Yeah, Joe, Joe, Joe. Yeah, I, I forgot to ask you before. Am I incorrect? The Mets don't have a general manager. Uh, no, you're not. I don't think yeah. they do. That's I, I think you're right, correct, Wayne. Yeah, I don't think they do. You just have Stearns, and that's it. I was surprised no one picked up this uh, this woman from the uh, who, who, who the GM for the Marlins last hey, night. Oh, okay. Nick, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. I mean, I thought she'd be perfect for the Mets, but uh, the Fresh Meadows Queens native Wayne. I, I'm not. I'm really? not sure Wayne, but yeah. I, I think she might. She may have wanted that position, where she was in charge. Oh, okay. and here, right. And here she just have to answer the Stearns. Okay. They wanted to put right. somebody above her. I think gotcha. in Miami. All right. Yeah. Ng uh, Ink. Yeah. 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 Thing. Thing. Yeah. Two umpires are retiring, and if you know them, Jeff Nelson, not the relief oh, yeah. pitcher, uh, and Ed uh, Hickox retiring. Oh, okay. debuted oh. in 97, Hickox in 90. Yeah. Umpires, you know, do a, go a long way. And uh, locally, bowling, you know, the, what, hey, the Whitestone Lanes mm -hmm. in Flushing is being torn down to build a housing complex. Yeah. In you know, the Whitestone Lanes in Flushing. I've bowled there many, many, many times as a yeah. kid. That was on Linden Boulevard, right? Linden, not Linden, Linden Boulevard, place. Linden Place. Linden Place, Linden place. right. Right off the uh, Van Wick, right? Not the Van Wick, the Carl. Well, whatever it's called, the uh, Whitestone, Whitestone Expressway. Expressway. Yeah. 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 It's just along, an extension of the Van Wick, right? Yeah, yeah. my dad did. One of those lines. Across the street, they're closing the movie theater. Movie theater, yeah, too. College Point, right? Yeah. Really? That's a yeah. big movie theater. That's not an old. That's not hadn't been there that long. Yeah, but I know. It's and it's closing. Closing. Uh, <laughs> marathon. The, the world marathon holder, world record holder, was killed in a car crash. Kelvin. Yes, saw that. His oh, coach was killed in a car car crash in Kenya. So, oh. I didn't know there were cars in Kenya. No, I shouldn't say. Uh, that. <laughs> uh, he was down, 24 down, down, years old, the first man to run a marathon under 201. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. That's moving pretty fast, huh? Yeah. And I don't know, I mentioned mm -hmm. to people if you file the cross, um, they're going to have a, uh, a clock, a time clock, in which you would have to uh, shoot. Uh, so you're thinking of 60 seconds when the ball reaches the offensive goal box area. Uh, do you know anything about that, Steve? Yeah, in high school. They do that in uh, college already. They have a shot. Do, right. This, this is going to be in high school then. Yeah. In high school. And that's all I have. Unless somebody has something else, we can go 10 minutes in trivia questions. So if nobody has anything else, let's play trivia. And okay. Milton. In 1969, when Kansas City won that Super Bowl, who was the backup quarterback that helped them win, and why was he the backup quarterback? Mm. He helped them all the uh, a lot. 67. Wait, 69 in the Jets win. The Jets won the Super Bowl. The Kansas City quarterback. Who well, Len, Doss, Len Dawson. Len Dawson. That was not sixty-nine. Why was he? Why? Why was there a backup quarterback that helped them win? Dawson was not there all the time. 
Tell me why. In 1970, probably. That's 1970. Yeah. Was he was uh, in reserves? There was a backup yeah. quarterback. Yeah, right. And if you name the others was he on the, the reserves team, during the war? My, uh, and I'll tell you, Mike Livingston led them because Lenny Dawson, one, was injured, and he was also implicated in a gambling uh, type of gambling who, problem. Who, yeah. Milton, who, was the, who was the quarterback? Mike Livingston. I've never heard of him. Backup, yeah, heard of him. He, he, yeah, he was good. I remember him. Could you name any of the other quarterbacks on that team while we were on this? There were a couple of others. Mm. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Tom, Tom, Flores, Tom Flores and John Hart. You are. Yeah. Pure was a Jet once, right? While we were on that they, team, which was it. a great team, you don't remember any of the running backs? Who for who? Kansas City. The uh, little guy from USC, Mike, uh, I forgot what his last name was. Garrett. No, Garrett. Garrett. That's Wendell it. Hayes, Robert Mike Holmes, Garrett. Paul Love, and some other guy, Ed Protolock. Protolock. He was yeah, yeah. 14. Yeah, 14. And their defensive, their, their defense was great that year. The reason I followed that so closely, I was a Jet fan when they beat the Jets in that game 13 to 7 the year uh that year. Their def defensive backs were terrific. Can you remember any of them? Haynes Robinson, maybe? Haynes? Emmett Thomas. <laughs> Emmett Thomas. Oh. Oh, Johnny Robinson was. Uh, he's a Hall of Famer, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, Emma Thomas, correct. And Goldie good. Sellers, uh, Jim Carney, and a guy named Caesar Belsaw. Okay. Belsa. <clears throat> and then they had great defensive linemen also. I was there that year. I, it was unbelievable the way they lost to that team, the Jets. All right, move on. Uh, Fred, question. Okay. There are only been four players in NBA history who have had a quadruple double, three for rebounds, assists, points, and and um, steals. No, yeah, and blocks, and the other the, the, the rebounds, points, assists, and steals. <laughs> three, three with three with the blocks, one with the steals. Will Name. Chamberlain's got to be one. No, he's not. Really? Oscar Robertson? No. Russell Arthur Westbrook? Jokic. Who? Jokic. Russell Westbrook? No. no. What era? Okay. The, the three blocks, sort of, the guys with the, who had the, with the blocks were 1974, 1990, 1994, and the one with the steals was 1986. Charles Barkley with the steals. Nope. Oh. It's, a, it's a guy who I think, if you you would you would know him if, if you really you know follow the follow the game. If you're more of a casual fan, you might not know who this guy is. No, I always it because we. All right, all right. The, the three guys for the blocks: Nate Thurmond, 1974. Oh, yeah. Warriors. Akeem Olajuwon. He was this time. He was actually with the Bulls mm -hmm. in that game. Akeem Olajuwon, 1990. David Robinson, 1994. And the one play with the steals: Alvin Robinson. Ooh, I remember for the Bucks. I wouldn't know that. The University of Arkansas. Yeah, that's Wayne. good. Though. Wayne's okay, up. In, uh, okay, in honor of Black History Month, can you tell me who was the black, the first black football player inducted to the Hall of Fame? Oh, good one. Buddy Young. Was What's it? that? Buddy Young. No. Marion Mar Mar 
Marion Marion Motley. No, he, Motley. I, he, was in, he was a New York Giant. Marion Emlyn Tennell. Emlyn is correct. And who was the first black player in the NBA? Oh. Well, it wasn't Sweetwater Clifton. No, it was, it was, no. Clifton. Was, it, was it Earl Lloyd? Was it was it? Earl Lloyd. Oh, very good. Earl Lloyd. And oh, Mike, this guy is he terrific. Played for the, you know what team he played for? The Washington Capitals. Right. Yeah. And Mike, the, co the coach of the Washington Capitals was Red Orbeck. Right. Mm. Wow. Wow. Mm. All right, Mike. Okay. Pat Mahomes has won three championships Two MVP awards in his first seven years. Who has done that in baseball, basketball, and hockey? Wayne Gretzky in hockey. No. Gordy Howe? Sidney Crosby. Baseball could be Jeter. No. How about baseball? Jeter? Yogi Berra. No. no. How about Crosby in hockey? No. All right. I'll give it. I'll give it. I'll give it to all you. Nicky And baseball was Mantle, DiMaggio, and Musial. How about basketball, Fred? Wait, what was the question again? I'm sorry. Uh, three championships and two MVPs in his first seven years. Three. Bill Russell. Bill Russell, right? Bill Russell's one. Hmm. Bill Walton. Bill Walton. And the other one is Larry Bird. Right. Yeah, Larry Bird. And Hawkins, Lafleur. Lafleur, right? Yeah. Lime Frenchman. To delve into yeah. this, can't. All right. Anybody else questions? Yeah, I got one. Yeah. What two pitchers who have pitched perfect games in the major leagues went to the same high school? <laughs> wow. Oh. No, this is this is one you guys should know. Yeah. Seriously. David Wells. Right. Yeah. Who? Where'd he go? In San Diego, Point, right? Point to Lake Oma High School in San, yeah, yeah. San, in San Diego. In San Diego. Don Larson. Don, Don Larson. Larson. Exactly right. Wow. You guys know. Very good. Good job. <laughs> Got that really quick. Very good. Um, Very good, Roger. Yankees. <laughs> there are eight NFL teams that have an X, Y, or Z in their entire name. X, so Y, or Z? Like, for instance, New York Giants. Right, so is a Y, Jets, Z, Jets. Jets. <laughs> what are the other seven? Jets, 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 Arizona, right? Arizona, the Z, X Y Z, X Y Z. Is this all sports? Houston Texans, NFL, Kansas City, Kansas City, the Y. Mike said, Mike said, Houston Texans. Houston Texans, the X, correct. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, right? Tampa Bay. Which Green Bay. Green uh, Bay. <laughs> hey, one more. You don't. Uh, it's, in, it's in Texas. Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys. Yeah. Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? I'm Cowboys. All right, Fred, go ahead. We got okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. okay, we 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 all know that Kobe Bryant is a lifelong Los Angeles Laker. But that was not the team that drafted him in the NBA draft. Who drafted him and then traded him to the Lakers? Ooh. He was in the 12th kid. The pre was it Philadelphia? Philadelphia? No. That's where his father played, yeah. Yeah. He was the 12th pick. Wow. Who was his father? Joe Bryant? 
What? Yeah, butter bean. Go. Yep. Jelly bean. <laughs> butter bean. Butter bean. Jelly bean, whatever. I don't know. All right. It was Charlotte, but not the current Charlotte. The Charlotte team that eventually moved to New Orleans. <laughs> Charlotte. Too many moves. All right, two more questions. Then we got a Milton, then we got a cut. I'm watching the clock here. I don't want to cut us off. All right, Michael. Who did Babe Ruth play for before he played on the Boston Red Sox? Baltimore Orioles. Correct. Wow. Very good. Very good. Anybody good. got a last question? I got one. Anybody else besides Fred? Yeah. I like when they say that in school. You raise your hand yeah. all the time. Anybody <laughs> else besides Fred? <laughs> I got one. I don't think anybody's going to know. Real answer. quick. I, I got right, one. I don't think anybody's going to know. Last question. Then we got a Milton song. Right. Who, would, who are the only two Knicks to have 10 blocks in a game? Ewing? No. no. Two, Not one, guy, one guy is very obscure. One guy is well known. But I didn't real And uh, until my son told me, I didn't even realize he played for the Knicks. Daryl Lindhoff? No. Not not the busher. No. No. Danny Stairs. No. Guys, right? No, no. He, he didn't. All right, no. what era? 1979 and 19 uh, and 2004. Ooh, 2004? No. All right, you want me to tell you? Yeah, I got him. Joe Merriweather. Nineteen seventy nine and the Kambi Matumbo in two thousand four. The Kambi oh, Matumbo in two thousand four. Oh, I forgot they had him. Oh. Yeah, my he guys might not remember Joe Merriweather. Was it Nick Matumbo? Yeah, for, yeah, I, I didn't realize that. that either. For a cup of coffee, maybe. Half a cup of coffee. Yeah, <laughs> he got a Milton song. Yeah. All right. Larry said he looked him up on, yeah, on Milton. Here we go. Oh, before Milton, I want to say. Wait, wait. Let's play. Have a good week. Uh, enjoy yourself, and uh, I'll, I'll send you our 200th show uh, assignment if you want to participate this week. Look for your email or text, and thanks to God. Thanks a lot for coming aboard today. Thank you, Joe. All right. Milton. All right. Let's see if we could get it. I had it on, but hang on a minute. Sing song. And I'm playing. One second. All right. I had a good one. Come on. Black screen, you know, they cut us. <laughs> yeah. We're trying. And Not the playing. Time running out. Yeah. Anybody want to sing a song? <laughs> sing a song. I don't know. You don't want to hear on. me. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Probably. We got to talk, Milton. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll sing. Yeah, so. I ain't doing it today. No. No. Let me get me one more minute. I'll see. Anyway, the song was, it's a metaphor. It's not playing. 1969. Who sang Snowbird? Oh. oh. Great song, but it isn't playing. I don't know why, but one minute. Snowbird. It's a good song. It's a metaphor. A metaphor? For people, Snowbird, or the singer is a metaphor. I don't know. The song itself is a metaphor for people going south in the winter to the warm weather, and uh, you know it just took too long. I had it ready to go. Who, and, who uh, sang? Anyone know who sang? Not Janice Ian. No, I should know that. Yeah, 
Oh, and, 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 and Murray? And, and Murray it is. Right, 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 right. It's good. Right. It's good. Maybe, let's see. No, she just don't want to say. All right, Milton, don't worry about it. All right. It. Guys, anyway. have a great week. Thanks for coming. Right. Take you care. Too. See you guys next week. Long See you guys. Bye, guys. Bye, you all.